0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks is made possible by Teza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Teza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks right now.
1: That's right. Welcome in. Hour 2. Bet L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Fat Jack. FatJackSports.com joins us now as he does each and every week. Just right off the plane from across the pond, landed and hey, what's up? He's on the airwaves. How you doing?
2: 11-hour flight from uh, London Heathrow to Las Vegas. I came in hot. But, uh, you know, we were 11-2 and two last week with the picks. So, I mean, incredibly strong week last week. My only two losses were I had uh, Illinois versus Mississippi State. They got the scoop and score in the bowl game they were in. I remember the toilet bowl, I think is what it was called. And then I had the Jets down in Miami with the, with the safety to lose by five instead of by three. Literally the only two losses I had all week. 11-2 so and two, uh, last week at Georgia and the over on Monday night. So had to come back to Vegas because we've got playoff football going starting up this weekend. All the money's here. I can't pile up enough pounds, British pounds, to bet as much as I would to bet. they don't have hundreds over there. So if you're going to bet, you've got to start with 50s. There's a ton of 50s in some of these wagers. So glad to be back in the state, glad to be in Vegas, and ready for an exciting weekend
1: um before we do start talking because i, I want to go through the slate with you and 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 hear your picks and your plays uh for super wild card weekend but um i was on the opposite side i had tcu i had the points i you know i doubted them all season long had michigan the week before right or the game before and you know uh, got burned there and i was like okay enough i'm a believer now i'm a believer. And then I just felt like from you know what it's from from that first false start penalty when when TCU had the ball and I I I turned I I was at a yeah. local local restaurant here and I turned to my friend I said M- I'm I I have a bad feeling here like like they just everything and anything that could have gone wrong for TCU did it, it was just you know it's
2: I, you know what's <laughs> funny in that game Anita after 27 years I've made enough friends. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not really likable in this business because there's not a union and a lot of guys that do what I do are are kind of crooked. And so I don't hang out with any of them, but I've made friends with probably 12 or 13 high-end gamblers, not necessarily handicappers, just high-end players. Every single one of them likes Georgia. And every single one of my buddies that hangs out at Buffalo Wild Wings and eats all-you-can-eat shrimp on Tuesday nights, wherever they go, and drinks pints of beer, all said exactly in that particular game it was just so clear-cut where the sharper money was versus the other ones. And not everybody gets caught up in one, one spot or another, but you always should – sirens should go off if all of, all the guys you know are on one side, yet for some reason you're figuring out a way to play the other side, especially on a team like that where nobody had seen play. I mean, I had, obviously. I live in the, I live in the middle of America. I I'm Big 12 bet every single week. But most guys betting on that game from the TCU side, they hadn't seen a game all year. All they knew is that they beat Michigan. And that clearly, as we saw, was not enough. I'd say high five always twenty twenty. I wish we could bet them over now most of the time. But, uh, but yeah, certainly one of those spots where it, it was rare, rare that most of the guys I know that, that knew what they were doing, they all lined up on on, uh, Wisconsin, on, uh, on uh, Georgia. Even though I was kind of with you, I, I look at the, you know, the eyeball test, gave uh gave tc chance but certainly wasn't to be
1: so now you've just set me up as somebody who eats a bunch of wings at buffalo wild wings and just <laughs> no, and just follows no. the public money so <laughs> no, thanks that's not, thanks listen, Fat Jack. you don't get lied
2: every time we all do stuff we all need wings now and then we all want to get the all you can eat a lot, now and then it's not every time, just sometimes. When I, I'm just saying, when I look around and everybody in line that has uh, has a foot-long Slurpee drink tied around their neck and has some lambic because they've been out here and a lanyard, they've been in Vegas and some convention, and I'm betting the same teams they are, I often get out of line and go back and try to regroup. And, and we all do it. I'm just saying, in that particular spot, everybody with a lanyard and a, and a foot-long Slurpee drink like TCU And everybody that you know hadn't showered in three weeks over there grinding out uh, analytics and models and stuff—they all love Georgia. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you 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 spend a lot of your time with them. I'm just saying in that particular game you were betting with fifty dollars guys, and that's never a good idea, as you know.
1: Well, uh, let's let's uh, let's move on to the NFL slate. Hopefully, uh, better at least for me. uh, better results than than what happened on Monday night. All right, so let's start with game number one. Seattle going up against the 49ers. 49ers favored by 9.5. Uh, the over-unders at 42.5. What what say you? How are you playing this one?
2: Yeah, th- these games this week are a lot about underdogs, and we've seen that the last few years. Road teams typically do real well. Next week will be all about favorites and home teams. But this particular week, we're going to just lean that way uh, because there's some value. And especially you get all the new money into the market, they're going to want to play favorites. They're going to want to play teams that they know a lot about and they don't really factor the line in. For the last five Seattle games, they've gone under the total. They are 15-4 and four straight up their last 19 against San Francisco. And obviously, this year's team is not a, a team that played you know, 18 times ago. Or whatever, but it is always interested in the NFL. Some teams have other teams' numbers, and I can see Seattle's been kind of feast or famine all year, especially quarterback. They have gotten really good play and seem very confident. And we're not talking about winning here; we're just talking about covering. So. This is not one of my favorite games, but I would I would lean towards Seattle plus the point. Also, we go under the total. I do think boy, I said four of the last five Seattle games have gone under. I did this a probably a lower-scoring game as well. They're not going to want to put the quarterback for San Francisco in too many unnecessary spots if they don't have to. And, and honestly, the coaching staff on the other side, they, are, they, they go super conservative once we get to the playoffs with Pete Carroll company. So I'd go under the total and lean towards Seattle
1: uh we just uh, we spent our first hour doing a deep dive obviously since we're on here in LA uh a deep dive in regard to the Chargers and uh in the Jags uh your thoughts on this matchup uh looks like Joey Bosa is going to play he practiced today uh we heard from Daniel Wade not too long ago he said that it uh Looks like uh Mike Williams is trending in the right direction. Chargers favored by two. The over under is forty seven and a half. I like the over here. I think a lot of points potentially could be put up in this game. How are you playing it?
2: Yeah, the total sets over also. You know, it's a higher total. Now, the Chargers and Jacksonville, they're not two teams you necessarily say are gonna get into the fifties and the total's upper forties. Six of the last seven games in the series have gone over. Um Now, this is going to be one of those, I I kind of like where the general public is. From what I can tell, and this is not near as clear cut, the the general public seems to like the Chargers here, and a lot of the Sharper players like Jacksonville at home. They don't, you know, the Sharps cannot get over the travel. They like the Jacksonville schedule at this point. They think you're just getting some value with how hot they've been. I think there's a reason why the Chargers are favored on the road in this spot, and I expect them to go over and play well. Um, Jacksonville, any team that goes from zero to hero it's just a matter of when that other shoe drops and i can see that dropping here la 5-0 against the spread their last five in the series as well and they're nine and and that's when they played at jacksonville and they're nine and one against the spread their last 10 in the series overall so la typically gets it done against Jacksonville. but i think that continues here I, I respect exactly what jacksonville's been doing the latter part of the season but you typically don't go from the Pen, the outhouse all the way to the penthouse. You typically stop off at a urinal somewhere along the way and get beat. I think that's probably what happens with Jacksonville. Make the playoffs. Don't get any further. I like the Chargers.
1: All right. Uh, we move to Sunday, and uh, in the first game is those mammals, the Miami Dolphins heading all the way up here to the northeast in Buffalo where it's going to be cold, frigid, freezing, snow. Good luck with that. This will be the third time these two teams played each other, uh, one in one, each winning at home. But reports today in Miami is that Tua is not going to play. Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play. It's going to be uh, Skylar Thompson, who's going to get the start against the Bills. The Bills now, that line uh, earlier today was minus nine. This is why early bird gets the worm. Uh, that, that line was minus nine. It's now jumped up to 13, minus 13. The Bills are favored. And the over-under is 43 and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm a big proponent, especially when you get in the playoffs with fewer games and the general public reading the paper, watching ESPN or whatever, and then reacting on that information of, of going contrarian to that. So I would absolutely wait, let that number work up above two touchdowns, which it's going to. And then I would look at the trends that long-term in the playoffs have been pretty profitable, especially in the wild card round. Where you look at teams of uh, toughness of schedule, difficulty of schedule, they, those teams that have have played really tough schedules, playing teams with not as tough a schedule, they typically do real well as it relates to the point spread. And we're getting a couple of those this week. These these Dolphins, and we talked about it a month ago, that who they who they pissed off at the uh, at the uh, scheduling office. They were in San Francisco. Then they had to play down in L.A. Then they had to go to Buffalo. Uh, a really really tough schedule. Those type things tend to reap some de- some benefits. Once we get in the playoffs, if the teams can get there. Not to win necessarily, but to cover numbers. Seven of the last eight in the series when they played at Buffalo have gone over. Miami needs offense. They're the type of team they're much more comfortable covering numbers and even winning games when they score a bunch of points. I tend to think there are gonna be some points here and that that, that it's hard to cover nine and a half to thirteen is where it's heading. Um if, you, if you're giving up 28 or 24. And I do think they're going to give up some points here. I like Miami plus the points. Them and Tampa Bay are the two teams that have a much uh, – there's a big disparity in their strength of schedule versus what their opponents played this year. So just keep an eye on that as we go through the wild card. Teams that play really tough schedules, play teams with not-so-tough schedules, the tougher schedule, that battle-tested team, tends to stand up and do really well at least in these wild card drafts.
1: Interesting. Um, The Giants going up against the Minnesota Vikings. This has to be probably my favorite matchup that I'm most looking forward to watching. Uh, These two teams went up against each other in week 16. Unfortunately, the Giants lost because uh, they got one of their, their punts blocked. And of course the Vikings uh, nailed a 61 yard field goal. So, uh, so they lost that matchup 27 to 24, even though, the Giants put up more total yards, 445 to be exact, against the Vikings. So the Vikings at home, they're favored by three. The over-under is 48. What's your play here?
0: Yeah,
2: is this, is this a game you're looking forward to watching or betting on? Because I can't. I would love some help if you're wanting to bet this thing. I, I love it from a from a watching standpoint. From a wagering standpoint, it's all I think, I just I don't like Kirk Cousins. I think lucky doesn't get it done this time of year. I like what the Giants are doing. They're going the right way. I mean, they're doing it the right way. They run the ball first. They don't put their quarterback in a lot of bad spots. They're covering numbers. They were the number one team in the league this year against the spread. So they've been undervalued all year long as it relates to the number. But I, I don't know. I, I think this game is very, very close. I think mean, it comes down right on the number. So I think a really difficult game to bet. I, I'm absolutely I'm with you. It's my favorite game to watch this weekend. That in the Dallas tampa game. Because I do think Dallas is going to lose, and I, I think that's always a little bit funny. No offense. But I mean, I just I think it's them the going into the playoffs beating their chests and then losing early is, it seems to be like Groundhog Day every year. I think that probably happens. But in this particular game, giving the Giants plus the points just on a lead and over the total of 48.5, I do think they'll have to score some points as Minnesota scored against just about everybody. It doesn't play well defensively. So I'll take the Giants plus the points and over.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I like the Giants here as well a lot. Um, they had last week, and they used that as a buy. Uh, I was I was texting with a few folks over there at, at, with the Giants organization. Ojulari is going to play this week. Uh, they're getting a lot of guys back that are going to be healthy and ready to re- ready to rip it and roll it. All right, uh, the Ravens going up against the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, Lamar Jackson not expected to play. Here's the thing. Again, Fat Jack joining us here fatjacksports.com. Even if Lamar Jackson does play or is is healthy enough to play, uh, as as amazing, as otherworldly as he is, I don't know if that would be the right option for them considering he hasn't practiced in over a month and the last time he played was December 4th. So, uh, yeah, like, you're
2: going you're, you're to get some value with him not playing. Anytime I think so. Yep. Really difficult for guys to walk up the window. We talk about the long drinks and the layers. They can't walk up and play a Baltimore team without their starting quarterback. It just isn't happening. So it's going to create some value. You're going to move that line, move that line until you get some sharper players and jump back in and say, you know, wait a minute. There is a point where that's overvalued. We can, we can get some value playing Baltimore with an underdog because or with a backup quarterback because they don't give up a lot of points. They keep low, low scoring. The game's up over a touchdown now. Baltimore 5-1 and one to the end of their last six games. I'm with you. This is one of those spots where um, the general public and everybody else is going to be filed in on Cincinnati thinking we're getting a repeat of last year. That creates value, especially this week, in some of these underdogs. And this is a classic candidate, backup quarterback, has a lot of experience. We're not throwing somebody that's never played. He's just worse than Lamar Jackson. But as you, as you alluded to, it, with Lamar Jackson not having practiced or played, where exactly would he be other than athletic? Uh, athletic ability would be an, an advantage. I like where Baltimore is. Their coach keeps him in games. I'll take them plus the points as well.
1: Um, and and keep in mind, Huntley did not play last week. Resting, he used last week as a bye week to get ready for uh, for this game against Cincinnati. And last but not least, it's Monday night. It's the Cowboys going up against the Bucks. Uh, you already gave us a, a, a little sneak peek in regard to what what way you're swaying here. Uh, but this is a uh, a Dallas team on the road getting two and a half. They're favored. The over under is at forty five and a half. You're expecting the Cowboys to lose. So do you like the bucks straight up on the money line at plus one twenty?
2: I do. I mean, I think listen, Dallas goes out and does what they do because I don't love what Tampa's doing. This is more of a against Dallas play than it is a plus Tampa play. I don't think that even with the with Tom Brady and company, they're gonna make any deep run. But Dak Prescott is turning the ball over at one of the highest rates in the league. And he's getting away with it sometimes. I mean, heck, they should have lost to Houston, did lose to Jacksonville. I mean, they've limped in the playoffs from this team a month ago that people thought might be playing the Super Bowl. This team's come a long way. And when Dallas gets in the playoffs, they do not play well. And McCarthy's job is on the line. If they lose this game against Tampa, he's out. I mean, they're going to go probably give the stadium and half of Jerry's oil wells uh, to uh, Sean Payton. Uh, if if, uh, if they end up losing this game. But I, I absolutely think this is a bad spot. As I said, Tampa, one of those teams that has a real disparity in strength of schedule from what happened last year, or last, this whole year, from what Dallas has had to play. Uh, I like Tampa here to cover. I think they're a live dog for sure.
1: Uh, any, any final thoughts before we let you go?
2: Yeah, the other kind of thing to look at, like we were 11-2 and two last week, really, really strong. All those games are posted and documented. But one other thing, people a lot of times will want to have a tendency to bet on futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl at this point. There's two ways to do that, and most people don't know this, but you can go and place one bet on one of your teams to win at 3-1, to 4-1, to 6-1. to one. That is kind of a lazy way to do this. If you want to make money and be a little more responsible about it, bet moneyline bets every single round for less money. So you don't have to bet three, four, five hundred bucks to, you know, at three to one, you can bet two hundred dollars moneyline bet every single round. If they lose, you lose either bet, but it gets you. You can make more money doing that, playing a little lower on the moneyline bet, but playing your team that you want to bet that futures to win it all every single week on the moneyline leading up to the Super Bowl keeps you out of that half to hedge late if you don't like the game once they get to the big game and you'll be deeper into profit if in fact they go ahead and win all the games that you predicted them to win and less uh, less at risk. So just just a little little playoff advice as we head toward the big one.
1: I like it. I like it, Fat Jack. Thanks for joining us as always. Fatjacksports.com. That's where you can find him. Uh, we come back. I'll give you a few of my, my other, my picks and my plays, especially some of the prop bets out there that I'm eyeing. So stay tuned for that. More to come. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN.
3: Well, I think playoffs always bring a uh, an excitement that's great to have. You know, I think that intensity and and that uh, sense of urgency is what makes the playoffs fun, and it's kind of a fun challenge to uh, to know that um, it's win or go home. I think there's a, a competitive um, thrill there, if you will, that that's fun about that. That um, you know, you you play, you work, go back to April, May, June, and August, and and the whole season really. To get to this opportunity. And um, what's always important to remember is that you don't start OTAs next spring factoring in how this season went. Everybody starts at the same place again. And so uh, it's so important when you've put yourself in a position um, to have a home playoff game that, that you take advantage of it because it's not something that you get to carry over beyond Sunday. And so that's really. Again, where that sense of urgency is felt and understood and applied to your Wednesday preparation.
1: That is Kirk Cousins, uh, as the Minnesota Vikings getting ready to take on the Giants. And, uh, and we just heard from Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com, and, and he agrees with me. If, if if you were to say to me, Hey, Anita, you can only watch one game, uh, this week, uh, which one would it be? And, um, and for me, it, it it is. It's it's the Giants going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be competitive. How am I going to play it? I'm on the Giants side as well. Um, right now, they're getting three. You can buy the hook and get them at three and a half at minus 134. Again, what does that mean? You're laying $134 down to win $100. I'm also going to play them on the money line. And right now, that's at plus 140. Uh, and I'm and I'm with Jack as well. I do like the over here um, at, at 48. It was forty eight and a half. and a half. It's come down. I do like the over here. So a few things uh, to get you in the know when it comes to this matchup. The Giants 13 and four against the spread this season, six and one against the spread on the road and two 10 and two as as a dog. So they're just they they've been a they've been a cover machine the Minnesota Vikings 7-9 in 1 against the spread in 10 wins for the Minnesota Vikings they have trailed in 8 of those 10 um they have trailed in the fourth quarter Get this their point differential in the fourth quarter is plus 78 in the first 3 quarters is minus 87 on the season so uh, so there's that. I, I really truly believe that this Giants team feels that they let one get away in week 16 against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings won 27-24. Again, 61-yard field goal with, uh, with Joseph. The Giants had a, a block punt. Uh, Daniel Jones passed for 334 yards. Saquon Barkley rushed for 84. And, and at the end of the day, the Giants had more total yards, 445 than the Minnesota Vikings. Uh the Giants used last week against the Philadelphia Eagles score wouldn't wouldn't represent that the Eagles ugh, I, I don't that that's that was concerning. Um I don't know if they just thought they were going to just, you know, destroy the Giants cuz the the Giants were resting all their all their starters, but it's not what happened. It was too I think too close for comfort at the end of the game, but nonetheless, uh, this team is rested, coming in. They're healthy. They're the fifth-best defense on against third-down conversion rate, opponent's third-down conversion rate, and also they have the fifth-best red zone defense. Meanwhile, for the Vikings, their defense, one of the worst in yards per play, 30th in the NFL, 28th in score rate, allowing opponents to score, and they've allowed 73 plays, explosive plays, passing of 20 yards or more. Okay? Here's another one for you. Kirk Cousins against the Blitz. And keep in mind, uh, this is a Giants team, and they are Blitz happy. Blitz insane with Wink, Martindale. So the Giants, uh, they pretty much Blitz blitz uh, anywhere between 45 to 50% of the time. Kirk Cousins against the Blitz, below 60% completion percentage. And in week 16, he was sacked four times. So I, I, think, I think Thibodeau is really going to get after him, that's for sure. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to be in for a, a long night, especially his offensive line is not 100%. Brian O'Neill is out. Bradbury has been out for five weeks. And Derisaw, I believe, is out. If not, he's not 100%. So, so all those, all all the things, all the reasons why, um, I I do like the Giants a lot. Again, I'm going to play the Giants on the money line at plus one forty. I'm also going to play them at plus three and a half, and you can get that. What did I say? At minus one thirty two, minus one thirty four, something like that. Uh, Quick break. We come back. Jen Mueller is going to join us. Uh, She does a phenomenal job covering the Seattle Seahawks. She's part of the Seattle Seahawks broadcast team. Uh, she's going to join us uh, to find out what's the latest with Seattle, who's healthy, who's not. Uh, is she giving them an opportunity to to beat the 49ers? A lot of people right now feel the 49ers are the team to beat in the postseason. More than likely, will make it to uh, the postseason and represent the NFC, even with Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Let's dive into this matchup next. Right here, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.
0: This is bed LA with Anita Marks on seven Teddy SPN made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches, visit Tiza and make your mouth happy. Now more of bed LA with Anita Marks on seven Teddy SPN.
3: Unfortunately, we're playing the Niners and they're loaded and they're loaded and healthy and on a roll and about as hot as you could possibly get. And, uh, Doing it in a really commanding fashion, too. You know, with the young quarterback who's doing so well, um, just kind of would buck the odds. You know that everybody would think you could do that, and uh, everybody in the media, anyway. Um, so uh, um, we'll see how we how we you know, get our guys back for this weekend. It's coming up quick with the Saturday ball game, and, and uh, uh, we've already started our week and we're away.
1: Pete Carroll talking about getting his troops ready uh to of course take on the 49ers you heard him say it coming in locked and loaded a lot of people feel the 49ers are the team to beat uh, especially in the nfc of course to represent the nfc in the super bowl they're favored by nine and a half the over under is 42 and a half let's bring in jen Mueller, jen it has been a hot second i think the last time i saw you we were in arizona together for the super bowl right what super bowl was that i think so i think that was it was well It's the Super Bowl. I'd like to forget, to be quite honest with you.
4: (laughs) That That was the Seahawks Patriots. Yeah, that's the one I'd like to forget. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but it's good to talk to you. It really has been forever. It has been. And and so and so Jen does a phenomenal job. uh, And she has for quite a while now. She's out there on the left coast, uh, repping women in our industry, and uh and and teaching and influencing and i follow you from afar on all things social media and uh, and it always makes me smile so really thrilled to have you join us here on uh, on 710 ESPN LA so you know this team better than anyone you've got your finger on the pulse of this team let's break it down let's look back before we look forward right and like so a jets team coming to town trying to play spoiler And obviously that did not happen. Really impressive performance with Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And then they had to sit back and watch the Detroit Lion-Green Bay Packers game. So, I mean, what was that like? You know, that was, for me,
4: it wasn't, it was nerve-wracking, and I can't even imagine how the players felt. But it was one of those weird post-game situations where, you know, these guys are proud of what they were able to accomplish. Nine wins in a year when most people thought they'd be lucky to win three or four a winning season is an accomplishment. But after the game, you're trying to figure out, am I looking backwards or am I looking forward? You know, what kind of emotions are you guys going through? And you know, they all.
1: Oh no, I think we just lost her. Okay. Uh, We'll work on getting her back on. Um, Again, Jen Mueller, uh, who uh, is, is part of the, uh, the sideline crew is the sideline reporter for the Seattle Seahawks, by the way. So we'll get her back on momentarily. Uh, but, you know, I, I did believe that the Detroit Lions were going to beat the Green Bay Packers. So I, I had the Lions. Um, I took the points. I took them on the money line. I, I just, I, I, felt, I felt there was something there. I, I love this Lions team. I love Dan Campbell. You know, uh, and, and for folks in LA, you know this, golf was sent there to die, pretty much, <laughs> And, 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 have, and has had the season that he has uh, in in Detroit. So I, I, I got the feeling that Detroit was going to win. So Jen, uh, sorry, I know we got disconnected, but I was just talking about how I liked Detroit in that matchup against the Green Bay Packers. I had them, I took the points, I had them on the money line. I felt, I felt pretty good that Detroit was going to beat the Green Bay Packers. So I'm sorry, pick up where yeah. you left off. Well, I was going to
4: say, it was just like the suspense we felt on Sunday night. right? <laughs> like Trying to figure out if they were going to pull it out. There was a lot of yelling in my house, but it was kind of fun to hear how the players reacted. And what I'll tell you, Anita, is this. It is so fascinating. The number of guys that didn't watch it that went out to dinner because it was date night with their spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Walker was playing video games and was getting updates. Others would kind of tune in to, like, the, the updates on their phone but wouldn't watch the highlights until they knew the game was over. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop watching it. It was so interesting to hear how people treated Sunday night differently.
1: This is this is this is the difference between men and women, because, you know, if if you and I if you and I were playing on right, if you and I were playing on a professional women's team and we needed another team to lose in order for us to get into the playoffs, you know, like somebody's having a party, right? Like we're we're all congregating. We're we're going to somebody's house. There's going to be a ton of wine and and yeah. and we're watching we're watching it together. This is what the difference is. Okay, so now the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I, hopefully, did they? By the way, did they send the Detroit Lions anything? Like like, is is aren't aren't scooters the the new, um, <laughs> right? Aren't scooters the new like best gift, especially for offensive linemen or something like that? Right. Yes. Well, I know that
4: Quandre Diggs is on the hook for treating his former teammates to dinner and he promised them a vacation. So we'll see which one actually ends up playing out there. But yeah, I, I think that there's something that gets owed. Although you can't be too nice to him. We play in Detroit next
1: year. So we got to face that Lions team again. There you go. There you go. All right. So, so let's, let's, let's do a dive here. Uh, you know, and Geno Smith, right? Like, yep. like, a lot of people felt like, oh, Russell Wilson's gone. Geno Smith is gonna be their starting quarterback. Oh, they'll be lucky if they win four or five games. And that has not been the case. What 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 has been the elixir? What has been what's the magic behind how we've seen Geno Smith play and and his his numbers? I welcome anyone out there listening right now to do a deep dive into his numbers and his statistics and where he stands in the grand scheme of things of, of all the 32, 34, 36 quarterbacks that have started this season. Geno Smith is up there in the top 10, top 7, top 5 in a lot of categories. He has had a really impressive season, Jen. Break it down for us. How is it? How is it that he goes to Seattle and have a season he has? I would say the easiest way to sum
4: it up is He is very good at taking what the defense gives him. He is very good at utilizing his entire skill set of players. Among the numbers that you're referencing, he led the league in completion percentage this year, just a hair under 70%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he did not have his best game against the Rams on Sunday. Had he just had a couple more of those passes, but that speaks to the fact it's not just one guy, because if you look at those numbers, DK hasn't had a big game in the last couple of weeks. Tyler's locket has been a nice outlet and a nice security blanket when you need a first down, but it's not like it's those guys that are racking up massive amounts of yards. The ball has really gone all over. It went to a rookie. It went to a second-year player on Sunday. It's gone
1: to the tight end. <laughs> oh no! Okay, uh, s- second time is not a charm. Um, we'll go for three. <laughs> okay, we'll try. We'll try one more time. Um, see if, see if there's any way if she could, if she's got a landline, I, I know I don't have a landline anymore. Um, is that even a thing? I don't even know. Is that even a thing anymore? Does anybody have a landline? Uh, we'll, we'll work on getting Jen back on. Um, but, but in, in, in all, in all honesty, I, I did not expect, I did not expect Seattle to be here, let alone win more than four or five games this season. Just did not. And, um, you know, thought for sure. Russell Wilson was the straw that stirred that drink in Seattle leaves goes to Denver was expecting, expect was expecting bigger and better with the Denver Broncos uh, because Russell Wilson was there. And, and it's just, it's, it's not the case. There's just so much. And Jen, I, I know you're back with us. I just think that, you know, don't get me wrong. It begins and ends with the athlete and it begins and ends with the player and the quarterback, but so much goes into scheme. Um, you know, uh, yes. coordinator, head coach, players around you, solid offensive line. Like so much goes, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just the stars have to be aligned properly. And obviously, um, the stars were aligned really, really well for, uh, for Geno Smith in Seattle this season.
4: Well, you mentioned the coordinators. That's a great point because it's now year two of Shane Waldron's system. Last year, everybody was kind of getting used to it. And Geno, even as a backup, I mean, you've got that much more time under your belt. They solidified things on the offensive line with two rookies starting at tackle. And they have been really, really solid. And I think the other part of this, and if you look at the numbers, it certainly is having a running game. And it's having the rookie, Kenneth Walker III, go over 100 yards five times
1: this year. <laughs> oh, I surrender. no. Okay. All right. Uh, let, let's do this. Let's let's we'll, Let's take a quick break. And uh, see if we can get her on a landline or, or some type of uh, different cell phone and see if that works. I'm um, Anita Marks. It is Bet LA trying to get you a, a, a good preview here of the Seattle 49ers game. That's for sure. If by chance we can't get Jen back on the line, we come back. I'll share with you all the ways that I'm going to be betting the Seattle San Francisco game when we get back. Again, it is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN.
1: All right. One more time, hopefully. Well, hopefully we don't lose her. Jen Mueller's joining us now. Again, uh, part of the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, broadcast team has been covering the team for quite a while and has her finger on the pulse of the Seahawks better than most. So welcome back They're in. They're trying to keep us apart. They're trying to keep us apart, Anita. This <laughs> is what's happening. <laughs> Oh, you're so funny. I miss you. All right. So, so uh, let's do a deeper dive here into this matchup. Well, first things first, I, I was reading today, uh, Ken Walker, the third, um, is yep. dealing with an ankle issue, not, not severe, just rest today. Didn't practice today. Resting like ha- any concern yeah, there today? No, no. That's an injury that happened a couple of weeks ago.
4: It did keep him out for a game. But today is just an expected rest day. I would, I would think that he's going to be out there tomorrow and ready to go on Saturday.
1: Okay, so we've spent a lot of time talking about this offense and Geno Smith and going up against argue, the best defense in the postseason, right? Yeah. Um, and and yep. they're, just, they're just really, really, really good. Uh, how, 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 does, how does Seattle, this will be the third time that they will have faced mm-hmm. the 49ers this season. What are you expecting to be different How do they walk away with a win?
4: They cannot turn the ball over. The Niners have the best turnover differential in the regular season at plus 13. Seattle turned the ball over four times in their two meetings this year. They also couldn't stick with a run because they fell behind late, or excuse me, they fell behind early, and then they were trying to play catch-up late. Part of that was because of those turnovers. But there were two of the lowest rushing outputs of the season in that Week 2 and Week 15 game, you hope that there's enough confidence there and that you get that ground game going. Otherwise, it's a long day. If you were behind the sticks with these guys, forget about it. They're in their track stances, and they're stopping the run on the way to the passer.
1: Tyler Lockett, how's he doing? What his, he, surgery on his finger, right? You know what's
4: funny? I'm looking at him, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, that must hurt like heck. He's not flinching, and Gino throws a pretty good fastball. And it wasn't his hand that ended up giving him any problems. He got hit on the shin a couple of weeks ago, right where he had broken his leg a few years ago. So there's a plate right in his shin and his ankle area. That actually gave him more trouble in the last couple of weeks than the hand did, but his hands are just as solid as ever.
1: Okay. Um, And last but not least, before we do let you go, and and that is this 49ers offense with Brock Purdy. Really unbelievable, right? Like, Uh, the fact that he was the last dude taken in his draft, a.k.a., quote-unquote, Mr. Irrelevant. And he comes out, and ever since he has started for the 49ers, he's up there as well in a number of categories. First in yards per play at almost nine. Completion percentage at 68.5%. Passer rating at 119. I mean, he's... Yeah, talk talk granted yes it's Kyle Shanahan it's a great system but but Purdy is is definitely been Purdy that's for sure what do the Seattle Seahawks need to do in order to slow him down and slow this explosive offense to, down yeah right yeah
4: they've got to try to make him one-dimensional because here's the other number they're averaging more than 10 points a game more with him at quarterback than previously they were 22 mm-hmm. points a game now they're at 33 points a game so Yeah, and when you've got as many weapons as they do, you've got to make them one-dimensional, and you cannot allow them to have explosive plays. There were two killers in that Thursday night matchup. One of them was a touchdown to Kittle. The other was a run at 55 yards. that sealed it up with about a minute to go. They have the third most explosive plays in the NFL, and some of that is just being disciplined. You know that Kyle Shanahan calls a great game. You cannot get fooled by some of those looks, and I do think... This might be a small advantage, and I'm never going to say going against the best defense favors anybody. But the young players who are playing in this game on Saturday, at least they've seen the Niners. They haven't seen everything that Shanahan's going to throw, but you have had an idea of what it feels like to be in that game. So that's not going to be the new experience to them, nor is playing in the rain in Santa Clara. But, yeah, you've got to figure out how to make them one-dimensional and limit
1: explosives. Is that weather conditions are supposed to be rainy? Yeah,
4: they're not looking good. California is getting pounded with rain. It's not going to stop through our game. So I'd like to say that we're used to it in Seattle. <laughs> it might be a little bit more extreme than what we're used to, but again, puts more emphasis on that ground game.
1: All right, so before we let you go, game script, how does this play out? What's the final score? Why? How does it all happen? Oh, gosh.
4: This is going to be a grinded-out game. So I kind of feel like it's going to be, if it works in Seattle's favor, it's going to be a close game. It's going to go down to the end. I think it probably ends up to be like a 22-19 game sort of a thing because that's just how division opponents tend to be at this point in the year. And it would go according to plan if Seattle can score in the first quarter and not turn the ball over. They they don't mind making it a close game in the end, but you're going to have to get some early points, and you cannot turn the ball over.
1: Jen, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Sorry, uh, sorry, we, we, we dropped out uh, a few times, but uh, but again, great to, <laughs> <laughs> great to hear your voice.
4: And waiting for me.
1: Great to hear your voice, and and really appreciate you jumping on board with us tonight. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the game.
4: Anytime, thank you. You
1: got it. Uh, So uh, very interesting, right? We heard from Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com earlier in in the show. And he likes the under here at 42 and a half. And if you like the under, then you're not expecting really a big blowout here. So therefore, the Seattle Seahawks getting the points makes sense there as well at nine and a half. Maybe you want to buy it up to 10 at minus 136, minus 138, something like that. And Jen Mueller, of course, covering the team. Um, you know, no turnovers obviously is is going to be a key, and um, and and not playing from behind is is going to be a key as well. Tyler, I, I know you're a huge Seattle Seahawks fan. If you can, you take the the hat off for a second. And, okay, the hat and, is off. Okay, so you're. I'm sure you're looking at this matchup. Do you do you agree with what Jen said? Do you do you feel like how confident are you that Seattle can, can at least keep this close, and, and possibly pull off an upset? At I the mean, end of the game
5: with this Seattle team, we've seen it both ways. We've seen the opponent run away with the game, and we've seen Seattle stay competitive and keep it a close game. So, what I'm hoping for is that they figure out a way they solve the the Niners puzzle, um, because. That team is just so diverse, and especially with Purdy at the helm now, a a guy that very few have seen and at the level that he's performing at, while it's intimidating, something tells me that if Seattle can keep this game close, like Jen said, if they can keep it like a three-point game, they can win. But the last thing that they can have happen, and it's been something that's been plaguing the team for a few weeks now, is turnovers. And I think Geno just needs to be that much more precise in this game than he has been. That completion percentage needs to stay there. The precision needs to stay there. And as long as we can, as long as the, I'm sorry, as long as the Seattle Seahawks can avoid turnovers, I think that they can keep this game close and they can potentially edge out a win, but they have to keep it close. If San Francisco pulls away, I'd say if they're up by two touchdowns, it's probably ballgame.
1: Uh, well, San Francisco—they've won ten straight with a plus one sixty-one, a hundred and sixty-one point differential. How about that? Uh, very, very impressive. And as Jen just shared with us, they have the best turnover ratio at plus thirteen as well. Brock Purdy has just been absolutely unbelievable, and it's—it's it's astounding. It's—it's like—it's to me, you, you know, you've—you've you've got thirty-one teams that passed up on him seven times.
5: Some just, some guys just need their shot. You know, and we've seen it, you know, sometimes players will relocate and they'll go to a different team and they'll just be a night and day different player. And sometimes you just need to give somebody a chance. I think we're seeing that with Gino and I think we're seeing it with Purdy. And I think that the fact that both of these quarterbacks are now going head to head in what's sure to be a very electric game, I think I think they'll go shot for shot. I really do
1: again he's number what since since Brock purdy has started for the san francisco forty ers he's number one in the league in yards per play at almost nine completion percentage at sixty eight and a half uh they're averaging thirty points a game his uh passer rating is one nineteen uh and he's his t d rate is nine percent it's up there top five in the n f l um when he is blitzed, he still has a 62% completion percentage. And when he's not blitzed, he's at, 60, he's at 72.6% completion percentage. So, uh, by the Willen. way, Seattle... Tariq Willen yeah.
5: leads the league. Or he's up there. I think he's tied for the most interceptions. So, that might be an exciting thing to see, too.
1: Uh, Seattle, by the way, and I'm sure you know this since you're uh, a fan of the team, Tyler, lowest blitz rate in the NFL.
5: Yeah, I don't want to talk about it.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> in regard to wide receivers, again, Jen just shared with us uh, that finger issue is, is not an issue at all when it comes to Tyler Lockett. So you've got Metcalf and Lockett pretty much combined uh, 47% target share with both those receivers. That's, you know, it's, 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 it's them and pretty much no one else, obviously, Ken Walker the third out of the backfield, but in the, in the receiving game. Uh, the 49ers, their weakness is against wide receivers and specifically against slot wide receivers and lock it more times than not more than Metcalf obviously is running out of the slot. So could have uh, a, a better matchup against the 49ers, uh, 58% of the scoring against the 49ers is via the passing game and with wide receivers, just FYI. So there's that. Um, George Kittle is another guy you want to pay attention to in this matchup. Uh, He has seven touchdowns in the last four weeks. Two touchdowns in week 15, the last time he went up against the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, in the Seattle Seahawks defense, not great against opposing tight ends. Uh, Tight ends are averaging nine yards per target. So And, and with a, a young quarterback like Purdy, he has been really focusing in on George Kittle. So uh, George Kittle really could have a, a big night um, or a big day ahead on Saturday, just FYI. So uh, really deep dive, obviously, of the Seattle 49ers game. Quick break, we come back. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network joins us next. Uh, I'll go through the slate with her, just like I did with Fat Jack about an hour ago. We'll get her plays, her picks. Uh, I still want to give you my plays for Miami and the Buffalo Bills, as well as the Ravens in Cincinnati and the Cowboys in the Bucks. Also, second week of the PGA Tour season, and uh, they are in Hawaii right now. So this is the second leg of the Hawaii Hawaiian Tour, and so I have some picks and plays for you as well um, as they start round one tomorrow. So uh, more. NFL, I'll give you some golf plays heading into Thursday's action. And Andre Snellings joins us in our third hour as well to, to talk some NBA, getting you ready for NBA action tomorrow on Thursday. And we talk some futures bets as well. So still a lot more coming your way. We kick off hour three next right here on 710 ESPN LA.